Are you totally different when it comes to sex and copulation? Have you judged yourself out of receiving pleasure? Have you judged yourself into receiving pleasure in certain ways and excluded other ways? Would you like to know more about what else is possible with bodies? Would you like to create confidence in the bedroom and beyond? How has your sex life or lack of it affected other areas of your life? Everyone has the potency to be a sexual superhero. Get ready to listen, sense, and play with the sexualness that is you. Now, here is the host of The Pleasure Zone, pleasure diva and body whisperer, Milica Yelenich. Hello, beautifuls. Welcome to The Pleasure Zone. I'm your host, Milica Yelenich, and tonight the topic is, it's spring. Let's swing. And why not, right? It's spring. What else do people do? And, you know, I'm having a, a wonderful, actually, I'm just coming off of a wonderful uh, two days of working on beautiful bodies, creating more ease, um, having people just be like, oh, my God, thank God I can move and I can walk and having just a lot of fun contributing to bodies and and multiple bodies. It's almost like I'm a swinger. However, I wouldn't technically label myself that because I like working on multiple bodies. And after I kind of delved into this topic a little, I started to kind of get that maybe my nature is not to be a swinger. And I'll talk about that more on this episode. Like, what is even swinging? And and what is even monogamy? Like, what's the difference, right? And when I really think about monogamy as a concept, it's not only that people have anthropologically discussed the ridiculousness of monogamy, that monogamy itself kind of doesn't contribute to um, the lasting existence of humanity. You know, having more partners actually would contribute to having more possibilities for more people so that we can actually continue life on this planet. Now, that's one concept, right, that it's not natural. We actually require more than one person. That's one concept. And then the monogamy itself is just such a funny word to me like mono meaning one um and one partner like there's a there's this dec- this like backwards mixed up thing going on there it's like completely backwards how can you be one and be a partner doesn't partnership include more than one and if you are mono are you alone in this partnership and how does that work for you i don't know just the word monogamy confuses me so then you know what about polygamy Polygamy is multiple partners. And it's like, well, I have multiple partners in my life. I have friends who are like business partners. I've got a lover. I've got partners in all kinds of things. And so it's not necessarily that, that I, you know, in some ways you can even ask yourself, are you are you playing like the monogamy game and only allowing yourself to contribute or receive from one person? Or are you willing to be, polyamorous and polygamous in all areas of your life. And you don't have to choose uh, necessarily having, uh, you know, intercourse with many people. It's just the concept of actually receiving from multiple people simultaneously. So for the people who, so this is like, you know, aside from discussing the possibilities of masses of, pile-ups of naked bodies uh, rising in orgasmic fun, that is a whole other possibility for uh, not just polygamy, swinging, that kind of thing. Um, It is really, truly 
like, are you willing to receive from more than one body? And it's, I kind of talked about this uh, a couple of weeks ago in my, um, my show that was called threes is three company or is three a crowd. And, you know, it's for me really important to ask a lot of questions in whether you're choosing one partner or whether you're choosing multiple partners, asking a lot of questions about whether this actually will contribute to your life and the life that you would like to have uh, and to your body, because essentially your body is the one that's having all the action and satisfaction, hopefully. So please consider, you know, conversations with your body, with all of that. Um, and, you know, play with, is, you know, does monogamy actually work for you? Is is monogamy something that you're choosing based on constructs of this reality? Is monogamy something that you're choosing because religion told you that was the right way? Is monogamy something that you're choosing because you feel like that it's unkind to receive from more than one person? Um, and are you choosing monogamy in one area and choosing polygamy in other areas? So what if you don't have to be, you could be a monogamous polygamist if you like. Uh, why not? What else is possible? So what if you do have in one area possibly um, in your, say, your love life or your sex life, you're receiving from one person uh, and then possibly in your business life, you're consciously and aware that you're receiving from multiple people. So it's not that they're one and exclusive. It's to look at if you've actually labeled yourself as monogamous and then you look at the areas of your life where you've stopped receiving, uh, maybe financially, maybe from, maybe you're in a business where you have people coming into a shop and you only seem to have one at a time. You know, if you've, if you've labeled yourself as monogamous and you can only receive from one person at a time, then you've actually decided and concluded that you can only receive from one person at a time, and that's what will show up for you. So if you have the awareness that your body likes to have sexual relations, have intercourse with one body, and is willing to receive from multiple bodies, that's totally different, right? And the funny thing about swinging swingers is not necessarily that they're actually receiving from multiple bodies. Um, they might not be receiving at all, actually, just because they're having sex doesn't mean that they're receiving. Uh, it's just like if you go running with one person or you go running uh, in a marathon with thousands of people, uh, that doesn't mean that, you know, it's, it's somehow, it's somehow that it's, it's different, right? So, it's like if you're going to have sex with one person, you're going to have sex with tons of people, you can either be receiving them or you might not. So something to to play with is to ask yourself whether, <clears throat> sorry, I got a little cough. Ask yourself, uh, is it fun for you to to be in large crowds with lots of bodies, you know, and you'll know this, you'll know if you're a person who likes lots of bodies and, and enjoys being in spaces with lots of bodies, uh, naked or not naked. And a good way to start this is to actually play with the idea of like, do you like being in crowds? Do you like being in the middle of a crowd with lots of people whose bodies are touching your body? And if you like that, then you can take it to the next step and go, okay, so 
do would my body like to be in a crowd with um half the body's naked and half the body's closed your body might like that and then you can take it a step further would your body like to be in a crowd where you're naked and everybody else is naked and everybody's bodies are rubbing up against each other so this might even still be attractive and now we take it another step further where you can start to ask okay body would you like to have you know multiple bodies touching your body in a in um in a way to stimulate it to be orgasmic and you might actually not even require the touching you might be in a crowd with lots of people naked and and you're already having an orgasm because the whole thing's very exciting for you and you might be the kind of person who couldn't handle it and neither is right or wrong i'm just getting you to ask some questions to see that maybe you might actually be uh secretly somebody who's interested in swinging and you might think that you're somebody who would be interested in swinging because you think you're really open to everything um and you might still be open to everything you just might not choose it but you know you start to go okay well would i enjoy that and your body might be like yeah no i don't actually enjoy it so just some things to play with to give you more awareness um you know you might actually be a closet swinger polygamist for all you know um but you've never really asked the question you might have actually um felt that way and and also judged it or pushed it away or decided that because of your religion that it's really right because you're mormon or really wrong because you're not mormon or really right because 500 years ago you know your family was muslim and you have a harem you know so, so many different things can be going on so it's really a fun question to ask like is if you were just then sitting in a room with 10 naked people um would you feel at ease would your does that energy excite and entice your body or do you kind of recoil hide and put up your barriers like what goes on with your body and just notice you'll notice like if you're if it excites your body you'll know it excites your body you'll feel almost sometimes people will actually feel compelled into it they might feel their heart rate increase they might feel you know their genitals swelling um lots of indications that you might be turned on by that thought and the thing is it's it's even just a concept to play with it's like you haven't even necessarily chosen it yet right you imagine then you actually choose it then what would show up your brains might explode it might be exciting so then also to look at if if that is not working for you that whole concept doesn't work for you then um is even being with one person fun for you or is that tricky like you might find that you know you don't being naked with one person even feels a little awkward <clears throat> wow there's some energy there that i was coughing on interesting so everything that brings up and let's down let's destroy and uncreate all of that times a godzillion or a rocket that pop out on nine shorts boys and beyond just the idea of possibly being naked with one person uh never mind the room full of people how how much are we unwilling to choose that that if we were willing to choose that we would have a step into the vulnerability and the beingness we truly be and so i totally encourage you to be willing to be naked with at least one person and that one person i encourage you to be naked with is you start with you and be naked with you um for example today i was 
getting uh, getting ready to go to work, and I got this top that I absolutely like love, um, and it just happens to cut my uh, like have this really great cut to it. So uh, I'm loving this this thing, and I'm loving the bra that I was wearing, and man, my boobs were looking extra freaking happy today. It's like they were dancing and jumping out and being like, "Hey, how are you?" I'm so happy to see the world today. And my boobs were so freaking happy. And, and like everybody who saw them was like happy. They're like, look at you. Look at that shirt. I'm like, my boobs are happy. They're getting so much attention today. And then I had this a hilarious thought. I was like, yeah, you know what? You know, some of my friends have these like mega boobies, like mega kind of like, I said, okay, well, People compare boobs a lot to, you know, oh, that fits into a champagne. Bigger than a champagne glass is this or what. And it always kind of irked me when people would say, don't worry, more than a handful is a waste, more than a mouthful is a waste. More. I was like, a waste? How can you say that? Like, how can you say that somebody's boobs are a waste? They're not. But what I like to think of is more like some of my friends have these awesomely giant boobs. And, and I'm like, well, their boobs are like a buffet. You go in, there's so much there. It's like, wow, there's so many great things to choose from. Those boobies are a buffet. And I was like, well, if their boobies are a buffet, what are mine? And I was kind of getting that my boobies are more like French cuisine. They're smaller portions. They're just little, a little bit more delicate, a little bit more on the French cuisine side. So it kind of got me into a place where I was kind of looking at my my body different and really enjoying like looking at my body today. Um, and I have days like that. And sometimes it's the clothes. Sometimes the clothes totally get me going in a way more than even being closed would get me going. So sometimes even being in a room uh, full of people who are dressed in clothes that are very like, oh, I don't know, sexy to me, men in suits turn me on men in, I love it. I love men in, and I love women in like dresses where you can see cleavage. Love it. Um, even if cleavage is like mine and it's like French cuisine, I love it. It's just awesome. <laughs> and, um, and you know, parts that show off all your bits and uh, crevices and everything. Like I love it. And so for me, like I don't even necessarily have to be naked in the room filled with people to kind of get the same energy as somebody might think they need to get by going into um, a swingers party, a swingers club, or um, like a, just a massive orgy undefined as swingers. So there's there's some things to consider. Like you might actually really like bodies and you might not even require being naked or copulating with a whole room full of them to receive all the sexy yumminess from all of them um, and to walk away feeling totally blissed out, orgasmic, and fulfilled. Um, and, and I think I actually get that I can receive more from bodies um, that don't have judgment, period. Like, who doesn't? And sometimes when the clothes come off, people start to go into a lot of judgments of themselves, um, they might go into judgments of other bodies, body sizes, um, that sort of thing. So it might it might be a greater and bigger turn on to leave the clothes on and not be in, in judgment of it. Unless you're, you know, with a lot of people who happen to have no judgment. And just because people are open to have sex with lots of people doesn't mean that they are necessarily free of judgment. Their judgment might be something completely different. So 
when we come back from this break, I'm going to talk more about, you know, some ideas on like if you are um if you are monogamous and you'd like to kind of switch over into into swinging if you want to test it out, some questions to ask uh you to ask your partner um and a bunch of stories I have to share about cuz I love stories about stuff, stories about not my own personal experiences with orgies, but other stuff that I found. So after this commercial break, we'll be back with that. Many of us have created a lot of limitations around sex and what we are willing to choose. What else is possible beyond what we have already seen, heard, or thought of? What if now is the time for a totally different sexual revolution? Taking the taboo out of all aspects of sex, sexuality, and copulation by tuning in to the Pleasure Zone radio show with body whisperer Milica Yelenich. You'll receive tools, inspiration, and a foundation to allow your to receive more in your sex life and quite possibly other areas of your life as well. Listen for The Pleasure Zone with Melitza every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Central Time, 6 p.m. Mountain Time, and 5 p.m. Pacific Time on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. What if you really do change molecules by your interaction with them? What if the change you've been looking for is right before your eyes? What if the uncomfortableness that comes with difference could be fun? What if the closed-minded people of the world no longer determined our world? What if gratitude trumps judgment every time? What if your kindness healed the world? What if the earth is asking for your help? And what if you had the resources to give it? This is your invitation to step into something that Einstein, Marie Curie, Picasso, Da Vinci, Shakespeare, Aristotle all knew to be true. Hi, my name is Dane here. Thirteen years ago, I started to truly ask questions. Actually, I started to be the question, and everything changed for me. What if there are no dumb questions, or any question too large? What if you being you are the gift and the change this world requires? Is now the time? For more questions to create a change in your world, sign up for a free video series at beingyouclass.com. My gift to you, beingyouclass.com. This is The Pleasure Zone with body whisperer Milica Yelenich. To participate in the program today, please call in the U.S. Call 815-880-8255. That's T-A-L-K. Or Canada, 613-800-8736. Or you can Skype us at Inspired Choices Network. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email at MilicaYelenich.com. Now back to the program. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to The Pleasure Zone. I'm your host, Melissa Yelenich, and tonight's topic is It's Spring. Let's Swing. And if you are somebody who is in a relationship, you might be in a relationship that's been long-term or you've been together a while and maybe you're now curious, like maybe you're curious to try out swinging. You Maybe you've never tried it before. Um, never assume that because you're interested in it, your partner will be interested in it. And also, you know, if it's something that is really um, pulling you and tugging you and you really would like to choose it um, and, you know, and your partner isn't choosing it, then it's really a good time to have a discussion. If you haven't already listened to uh, let's my episode called Let's Make a Deal on having deal makers and deal breakers in your relationship, it's something to add to that, you know. 
um, that if you even feel like you might be slightly curious about uh, swinging is to have that discussion and go, you know what, yeah, that works for me that you could be a swinger or yeah, that doesn't work for me that you would choose to swing. So have that have that as part of one of your deal makers deal breakers as well because it can come up and it could create a lot of awkwardness you know if somebody's like hey i know we've been together for like 12 years and i just thought it'd be really fun if we started to be swingers and one of the partners is like uh no not interested and then there may be you know it it may plant a seed in the person's brain to be like well are you doing it without me are you going where are you where have you been you know, it can be awkward. So you got to kind of check the energy. Is it an appropriate question to ask? Is that person willing to receive that? Is it, you know, it's really much easier to have conversations with people when they gift you the information that you can receive and you give them the information that they can receive. So you're not kind of in a position where you're, you're um, freaking each other out into a beyond. Beyond can kind of stick you for a while where you're just like, what? What just happened? So please kind of have a check on the energy on that. And if you don't know how to check on the energy, you can always contact me and I can give you a little quickie on that. Um, And yeah, so does that work for you? Does that work for your partner? I actually was talking about this topic to a friend of mine and she was saying that at some point she had been dating somebody and the guy had invited her out to a club and she was like, okay, let's go. And when they got there, it was actually uh, a swingers club. And she was like, what? And she walked in. She was like, okay, I'll look, see, you know, is okay, let me check it out. And when she got in and she got there, uh, it really, like, really bothered her. It didn't work for her. She didn't have a judgment about other people choosing it. She just knew it didn't work for her. And the energy was like, oh. So she was really getting, like, uncomfortable, and she, she walked out. And I guess uh, the person that had brought her was uh, pulled aside by, the, you know, like a bouncer or the person at the door and was asked like did you did you ask her if she'd like to come did you tell her where you were coming and the person had done neither of those uh i'm like wow that's really crazy i can't imagine just going i'm going to take you out tonight let's go out tonight and then not saying to the person where are you taking them and the, the fact that you're taking them to a swingers club like that is a little insane to me um that's a really strange thing to hide from somebody, I would think. I would like to know those things in advance. Uh, just saying. And so swingers clubs, you know, where do these people go? Well, if you are a swinger, you know where you go. And if you're not a swinger, it's incredible when you Google search swinger, swinger, you don't even remotely get uh, a child's play set or a monkey swinging from branch to branch. You don't get any of those, no, because the top list on swingers is actually the sex swingers. Uh, Partner swapping is number one on that list. And so the whole whole thing um, of how do you get into it, it's really, really easy to find. Now, are you in a place emotionally, mentally, like, are you aware enough to choose this and not 
uh, have yourself get all messed up and freaked out. Um, I mean, that, I suppose, being messed up and freaked out could give you awareness. However, what if you could have the awareness without feeling all messed up and freaked out? So what are some things you can ask before choosing this if you're deciding to get curious and and choose this? Um, What are some things I would ask? Uh, I would ask, you know, will this be fun? Will this be fun for me? Will it actually be fun to go off to a place where I don't know anybody, they don't know me, I don't know what their health habits are, I don't know their hygiene, I don't know if they've got STDs. Okay, will that be fun for me? Like, I don't I don't know. I, I have never been to a, a swingers club, so I don't have the information about this. But if you are a swinger and you're listening tonight and you would like to contribute to this show, I would love to hear more because I'm just wondering, like, do you have to like go when you get to the door? Do you have to kind of get like a sign of approval that you've been checked for AIDS, HIV, that you've had like all your STD checks? Like, do you have to show a card to say you're clean, or is it just blind faith and you walk in and whatever happens happens? Um, some of the stuff that I was reading about. So there are the swingers clubs, and then there are parties, of course. Like there are different ranges of parties that I read about. Some of them sounded downright horrifying and very um, much on like the brink of rape. And then other ones sounded kind of very um, inviting and full of allowance and people having uh, choice. And so if if I would ever go for that, I think I'd go for the ones that allow for choice. You know, they're and mind you, you always have choice, even if you walk into one of those ones that sound more like on the verge of um, rape because, you know, they make so many friggin' rules or whatever. Um, you can walk away. And then you have this whole um, choice ones, which are, are kind of interesting. So when I read about those kind of parties, it's like you can get invited into these into these swingers parties and... Uh, he kind of described this one party that he had thrown as it was like a dinner party and everybody knew they were coming for dinner and the possibility of copulation with other people. And they all kind of sat around and people were clothed. You know, not everybody walked through the door and left their clothes at the door. And there was kind of like separate rooms off to the side. So um, apparently at some point in the night, it's like people started to get naked, casually fun. And then they, in these separate rooms, people are invited completely and fully. Um, He kind of described it as people were like in the middle of sex or copulation or whatever. They're in the middle of it. um, And they might notice something like across the room perks their interest. Maybe somebody's uh, gifting oral and it's like a wow moment. And and people literally stop in like the middle of, of whatever their action is. Um, and observe and contribute um, to the joy that the people are having. And he he actually used those words, that they contribute to the joy and the orgasmic energy of the other people. They're like actually kind of in celebration of each other's bodies, which to me is um, maybe not as common as the other ones where it's just like... um, like his his version of it sounded way more conscious uh, that people are actually maybe asking some questions and being aware and being kind with bodies and really enjoying bodies and really like being sweet um, with each other, which is could be that. And then you could also have the ones where there isn't that sweetness. So 
I suppose it depends on what you're looking for. Um, I know some people actually do enjoy not having the sweetness. They 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 actually enjoy having um, people be cruel to them. And whatever floats your boat, I don't have a point of view about it. For me personally, I, if I were to ever choose it, I would probably be the voyeur in the corner enjoying other people enjoy each other. Um, that's kind of, I think, more where I'd be at. Um, and I think it would be far more fun than watching pornography, um, which uh, I was telling my husband about, uh, husband lover, about this um, this show the other day of in the middle of researching uh, different stuff for the show. And so on my screen was like a whack load of different porn sites and naked people and lots of people getting it on. And he's like, what's going on in here? I'm like, it's research from my show, darling. And he's like, what's your topic? I'm like, it's spring, let's swing. And he's like, what? Are you interested in swinging? I'm like, I've got to get information from my show. And and then we started talking about it. And I said, I don't think I would actually choose it. But um, it was funny because it never really had ever come up as a topic to either of us um, as something that would even be a category to discuss. Threesomes did once, but never, like, orgies had never even, like, popped into conversation. So um, there, we had this, like, conversation about, and he kind of looked at me like, I don't think I want an orgy. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I think I would be jealous. I get, I know me. And I talked about this on the threesome show, is I know me. And I know that um, it's like an image that would never leave my mind seeing my lover have sex with somebody else and I even if they were both enjoying themselves I get that I'm not a a place in my awareness or a place in my receiving where I could just be like that's really sweet I would probably cry Um, I'd probably feel like really sad and rejected and left out and lonely and a lot of stuff would come up I'm aware of that Um, and and I don't know if I would like be willing to put myself in that position right now um, to have that experience. So, yeah, it's kind of a bit of a mind screw to me as much as I get that, you know, and I don't know, my husband might be one of those people who would like come to the party with me and we'd both be voyeurs. That's possible too. Um, (laughs) I don't know. It might be where they're like, hey, we're going to have some of him. And I'd be like, great. I'm so like on the sidelines and so left out. Um, it's funny that's like my biggest thing is like feeling rejected at an orgy or rejected in a threesome Um, it's like yeah it's a really funny thing and so I would play with how do you include you in a way that's fun for you so including you would it be fun to include you in the position of voyeur and just play with some questions with that you know so we're going to head to commercial break on that thought and note and you can ask yourself some questions about that. Would it be fun? What position would you like to be in? Voyeur, receiver, gifter? Hmm. What else is possible? When we come back from this commercial break. 
Many of us have created a lot of limitations around sex and what we are willing to choose. What else is possible beyond what we have already seen, heard, or thought of? What if now is the time for a totally different sexual revolution? Taking the taboo out of all aspects of sex, sexuality, and copulation by tuning in to the Pleasure Zone radio show with body whisperer Milica Yelenich. You'll receive tools, inspiration, and a foundation to allow yourself to receive more in your sex life and quite possibly other areas of your life as well. Listen for the Pleasure Zone with Milica every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Central Time, 6 p.m. Mountain Time, and 5 p.m. Pacific Time on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. What would you say if I told you that you could change your life in only one hour and all while lying down relaxing? Thousands of people all over the world have. What am I talking about? It's called Access Consciousness The Bars. The Bars is an energetic body process that contains 32 different points on your head that when run assist you in releasing decisions about any area of your life that you have made solid and as a result cannot change. The Bars is the first class in Access Consciousness a dynamic set of tools and information designed to transform any area of your life. When you have a bar session, the worst that can happen is you feel like you had a fantastic massage. The best thing that can happen is your whole life could change. Go to accessconsciousness.com today to find a facilitator to schedule a private session or to find a bars class in your area. Are you willing to give yourself an hour to change your life? This is The Pleasure Zone with body whisperer Milica Yelenich. To participate in the program today, please call in the U.S. Call 815-880-8255. That's T-A-L-K. Or Canada, 613-800-8736. Or you can Skype us at Inspired Choices Network. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email at MilicaYelenich.com. Now back to the program. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to The Pleasure Zone. And tonight's topic is, it's spring. Let's swing. Why not? It's spring, right? So I was like wondering, when did all of this behavior start? And it's funny because I would have thought that in the history notes in Wikipedia, they might have mentioned um, a whole bunch of different things that they didn't mention. Like, I would have thought that that the whole um the swinging for example might have actually included stuff like um in back in grecian days when the women would go to the island of lesbos for like their annual festival of women's love and you know the men would have their rituals of becoming men by uh, young boys drinking the semen of soldiers like i would have thought that that was sort of like a sexual act where you're like sharing a partner with you know, you have a partner, you might be married, and then you're going off to the island of Lesbos for your yearly Woman of Love Festival. And where are those festivals now, and where can I find them? If you happen to know, let me know. Pass it on. Um, and I, that sounds fun. Um, maybe it's like, I don't know what that is. I don't know why I would have, like, an orgy with women and maybe not an orgy including men and women. I don't know. What is that? I don't know. It just dawned on me right now that I could probably handle an orgy with 
me and women, but not watching my husband have sex with other women. Okay, now I know that I'm selfish. All right, cool. And and so yeah, I thought, well, maybe like, what up? How come this this whole stuff with the uh, the Greeks doesn't show up? But I guess it's a different kind of category. Um, you know, that category would be groups of people, and I would think Roman orgies would have been another one. And I would think that it wasn't just um, you know Eurocentric. I would think there there have been cultures around the world where just to propagate. Um, people and to have a thriving community, especially where there's been war and, you know, the young men have gone off to war and you've now killed off half your population or your young Amazonian tribal women have gone off to war and you've killed off half your women. I would think in those kind of communities that there would have been more of a a calling for multiple partners so that you could actually have um, a sustainable society. Um, So, I don't know that wife swapping is really that new, and I don't even think that it's as new as the 16th century like Wikipedia says it is. I I think it would go way back, um, really way back. My awareness is that it goes way back um, because it was required. Wife swapping was required. Um, So with some of the notes um, from Wikipedia, which, you know, it's Wikipedia, whatever. (laughs) Can we trust everything in Wikipedia? No, but here, here's some fun information. So one of the things was talking about um, there was a formal arrangement in the 16th century. There was something called the community of women, and it was practiced by several radical Anabaptist sects, including the Battenbergers and the Munsterites. So I guess in this is around 1587, 1580s, um, it was agreed between this man and woman, Edward Kelly and his wife, that his wife's name was Joanna, that they would have conjugal relations would be shared between men and their spouses. That's what they agreed on. Um, It actually arose following seances. Um, Apparently, they were having seances and the family, the Kellys, the different families involved in this, were being told by different spirit guides to have uh, swap wives. So the arrangement didn't work so well for them. It actually destroyed the relationship between this fellow John Dee and Edward Kelly and their wives. So I think there was a lot of questions that they didn't ask that they could have asked. Will this contribute to greater? Will this actually create the life I desire? Will this contribute to my body? Will this be ease for my body? Will this be fun for my body? All kinds of things. Um, probably they weren't asking those questions, just saying. So in the 18th century, um, history, as it shows in Wikipedia, also says that there was uh, some Messianic Jewish sects called the Frankists, who followed Jacob Frank, um, and another sect as well that had an annual springtime lamb festival that consisted of a celebratory dinner um, and then a ritualized exchange of spouses. So there you go. And also in the 19th century, there was um, some criticisms of communism that they alleged that communists practiced a propagandized, they propagandized the community of women. So, you know, back in the day, um, it was actually suggested that if a man, or I suppose, I guess it was mostly men, uh, 
that that those people who did who were not content with having wives and daughters of proletariats um, that they could actually have common prostitutes. It was just agreed, or they could take pleasure in seducing each other's wives. It was sort of like an unspoken thing that you could just seduce each other's wives if you were in an unhappy marriage, you weren't receiving what you wanted, and you could go out and have prostitutes. And later on, so now we're coming into like, we got the 1960s, the roaring 60s, and everybody is like, free love, let's all get naked and stoned and make love, not war, and and let's definitely not have very much hygiene while we're at it. So uh, then, yeah, we got the hippies who were all about the love and the free love and lots of uh, orgiastic experiences that I wasn't alive for yet. So I can't, or was I? Was it in another life? And then there were the swinging 70s. I guess this is where the whole name came from, right? It wasn't just the swinging 60s. It was also the swinging 70s. Um, it got crazier and crazier, and and now, where I where I work in Toronto, um, I work out of a, a space uh, in it's considered uh, North York area of Toronto. It is it is kind of like an unspoken awareness that everybody in the area has that will randomly whisper, "Did you know this is a swingers area?" And I. For like I was, I've been there for six years, and I only heard about this in the last two years, and it's quite funny, or maybe three years, and it's quite funny because apparently they, the people who are part of this community, even have like little symbols on their doors so that you know, this is a swingers, you know, house. And I actually wanted to walk down the streets and look and check and see like what is that symbol and and just see, like just wondered, really wondered who. Who are all these people who are having swinger parties and uh, a haven't been invited? Wondering why I could at least like come and chat and interview people about it. I think that would be interesting. So if you are in a swinger community and you would like to have an interview with me, just contact me. I'd love to know more because I don't have firsthand experience uh, or ten hands on me experience right now that I could actually speak from. So so what do I do instead? I go off into the wilds of the world and I get research because I love research. I love information and I love history and I love stories. And you know what I love? I don't even care when the stories are true, really, because I just sometimes really like a good story. And so, you know, reading about um, communists swiping, swapping wives, whether they did it or not, it's a fun story. So there you go. Um, what are facts anyway? I actually, as I was looking at this show, started to wonder, like, you know, if this is Wikipedia information. I started judging it, going, ah, it's just Wikipedia. That's probably just crap. And uh, then I was like, well, really, like, what, it, what if I got it out of the library and I could reference a book, would that make it more valid? And I was like, well, no, it actually wouldn't because that's just somebody's information that they got from somewhere else that they got from somewhere else. That somebody at some point either invented, witnessed, or uh, reworded. So, Really, is any of history accurate? Not so much. We have bits and pieces of it, so you got to follow your awareness on it and check is that true? You know, and that's just a side note about history. But when I share history and cultural things with you on this show, it's mostly because I find the stories interesting. Not, I don't necessarily care if they're factual. Uh, so, 
so lots of cultures, lots of cultures in the world have had lots of sharing. Um, you know, we have the whole thing in um, like the Arabic culture, pre-Islamic Arabic culture, and I think even post-Islamic, I'm not sure. I don't have info on that, but where husbands were allowed to have many wives, you know, actually were that that was more like the harems. And I'm thinking, I, that's what I was thinking was this was going to be a reference to the harems, but this is actually more of a reference to um, the the husbands would allow their wives to live with men of distinction to produce noble offspring. And it was just assumed that the husband then would raise the child as if it's his own. And, and then after that, after the arrival of Islam, the practice was forbidden. It was considered a form of adultery. However, ironically, that is also when the people were starting to choose to have um, harems and the men could have many women. So that somehow isn't adultery. I'm so confused by people and what bullshit they put out there. Okay. So, and then there was also, so there's cultures all around the world who have, have had wife swapping as part of their as part of their history, as part of their culture. Um, one of the funny stories that I read is about, and because the Inuit are from Canada, I will talk about them because I love my Inuit friends. And in, for the Inuit people, wife trading has often been reported and commented on as temporary wife lending was uh, apparently something people did on a few occasions. And these, the occasions would have been um, as a magical right to achieve better weather for hunting expeditions. So it's like, hey, dude, if you sleep with my wife, maybe we're going to get sun during the hunting season. I like that in theory. I like where they're coming from. You know, does the sun really shine out of your ass or does it shine out of your vagina? Maybe they know something. And then the next one was, as a regular feature of, they had something called a bladder festival. And I didn't really read up on that, but I was like, what is a bladder festival? It sounds like a giant pee fest, and I'm not sure. And the next one was, now this one is my favorite. One reason why an Inuit man would share his wife is that if another man was visiting unaccompanied by his wife under the promise so there's two dudes, dude with the wife, dude visiting that has a wife. Dude visiting that has a wife could sleep with dude's wife under the circumstance that dude with the wife that he's staying with would promise to, if he was going to visit, that he could have sex with that guy's wife. So it was like, it was like almost like, hey, while you're away on holidays, um, I get that you need somewhere to put your splooge. Um, please don't put it in my igloo, but you can put it in my wife. And um, because I own her and she's material and she doesn't have choice, I'm not even going to ask her. She's just yours. I'm like, what's a what? Interesting and crazy, my point of view. And I guess it worked for them because they did it for a long time. Very interesting to me. Um yeah, wife sharing. Apparently a very cool thing for the Inuit. I don't know. Okay, what are you guys aware of? Interesting stuff. So we're going to head off to break. And when we come back, we're going to wrap up this crazy wild episode of It's Spring. Let's swing. When we come back from this commercial break. 
Many of us have created a lot of limitations around sex and what we are willing to choose. What else is possible beyond what we have already seen, heard, or thought of? What if now is the time for a totally different sexual revolution, taking the taboo out of all aspects of sex, sexuality, and copulation by tuning in to the Pleasure Zone radio show with body whisperer Milica Yelenich. You'll receive tools, inspiration, and a foundation to allow your to receive more in your sex life and quite possibly other areas of your life as well. Listen for The Pleasure Zone with Melissa every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Central Time, 6 p.m. Mountain Time, and 5 p.m. Pacific Time on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. This is The Pleasure Zone with body whisperer Milica Yelenich. To participate in the program today, please call in the U.S. Call 815-880-8255. That's T-A-L-K. Or Canada, 613-800-8736. Or you can Skype us at Inspired Choices Network. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email at MilicaYelenich.com. Now back to the program. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to The Pleasure Zone. This is Militianich, and today's topic has been, it's spring. Let's swing. It's different than spring cleaning. It's spring swinging. And what better time for it? It's great weather. You can get all your friends out in your backyard, get naked, strip down, start feeling each other up. It's the perfect time for swinging. At least in Canada, it is. Although, according to my last little part of my last episode, the Inuit don't care about that if it's spring or not, because it's cold up in that them there country part of the country, and you can share each other's wives, and that's just right okay. I don't know that that's still true, but that was some part of their culture, so there you go. And so one of the things I wanted to mention, in case you guys didn't know, there are actually workshops that encourage orgies. Yep, there's more than one. There are many different kinds of therapeutic um, sexual things available. Um, And when I did this research, I was looking for a particular documentary that I had watched a number of years ago about, um, uh, it was about sex therapy and orgies. And I kept on, I tried every freaking combination and I finally found the name of the thing. It's called The Workshop. So if you hadn't seen it, it had been on Netflix, but it definitely verged on on the side of pornography, and I, I think they had to pull it because of content. It, it is, though, available on Amazon to buy, um, and I think there are some trailers available on YouTube. And essentially what it is is this dude, this total hippie guru dude, chose to start a place up, I think it's in California, and have people show up. And they're really supposed to be learning how to let go of all their emotional baggage and their jealousy and their all their stuff in relationships. And day one, he asked everybody to get naked. Um, Pretty wild. And it's uh, a pretty, kind of an intense scene where people, there's a lot of jealousy in the documentary. There's a lot of people who, um, in in the movie, they are actually in relationship and they go off to this workshop. And um, even when they do, after the year, they kind of go back to it um, they kind of give you the update and and people are are going, yeah, no, that didn't work for me. I'm actually choosing to be in a monogamous relationship and 
this whole orgy thing doesn't work for me. Um, at one point, there's like a scene, and everybody's mangled together in this giant blob of bodies, and like people's bums are in each other's faces. And I think somebody even said, like, yeah, at one point I had like a butt in my nose, and I'm like, yeah, I don't. I think I would like to know the person or see their face just before I stick their butt in my nose. I, call me crazy. I'm a really weird person that way. I actually like to look at the people, look at you, feel your whole body up. Maybe, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'm just weird. It's all good. What else is possible? So, you know, there, so there's that. There's the workshop. And I think those, um, I think that they're still running the workshop if you look it up. If that is something that interests you and you're like, hey, I'd like to try that out, um, check out the workshop because apparently you get some kind of form of therapy while you're there. I don't know if it actually assists anybody in any way other than there's giant orgies going on and sharing of partners left, right, and center. Um, so there you go. And then what else did I learn? Oh, I also learned that there was a guy in, I believe it was the U.S., who does um, sexual somatic body work. And he he actually does this in front of multiple people. So one of his uh, things as a warning was, warning, he may stick your hand, his hand, in your vagina um, that's part of the therapy. So there you go. There's lots of ways to get get through this. And then as I read that, I was like, well, that's interesting because how that any different than my friends from the Ohm community, the One Taste peeps from Colorado who I had on my second, very second uh, show that I had, um, you know, and they're having classes with uh, orgasmic meditation, masturbation in front of groups of people. Um, and I don't see how that's really that much different. I mean, you could be in that class and you didn't come with your partner, so somebody else is stroking you up. I don't know. Somehow, I don't know. That could work. I could watch my partner stroke somebody up. I think it would be like his penis in their mouth or their vagina, and he's liking it more than with me. That's where I would get sad. <laughs> anyway, um, that's me, and that's my stuff to work on. So if you've got stuff too, you know, kind of look at that before choosing and just jumping in there and then uh, requiring 2500 hours of therapy to work yourself through whatever just showed up so i want to thank all of you amazing people for showing up and listening today and in the future and for being willing to listen to my crazy conversations uh, with myself so join me next week when i have another awesome topic have a great night Thank you for choosing to listen to The Pleasure Zone. Melissa Yelenich will return next Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Central, 6 p.m. Mountain, and 5 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. We hope you'll join us. Until then, have the best week of your life by choosing to be turned on and tuned in to your body.